Here we go. Final seconds. Clutch is his name. Talking sports is his game. End zone. Touchdown with no time left. Pushing the limits. They win on the last play of the ball game. There are no limits. Are you kidding? Who can you count on to make the last throw or shot? Wow, and the game is over. Mikey Clutch. This is the final play. Unbelievable. We are back. We are back. Welcome into the final play with Mikey Clutch. Got a good preview for week four coming at you. Thursday night football recap. And we'll get our definitely pick three coming off a winning week. Always love to hear that. And get three favorite matchups and then we'll do our game picks as well. But starting off with Thursday night football, the controversy over Tua. Tagovailoa playing after getting concussed. Well, people assume he was concussed uh, Sunday against the Buffalo Bills last week and kind of thought he shouldn't have been able to come back in that game, but he passed concussion protocol. But the news has come out today that the neurotrauma consultant involved in that test last Sunday was fired by the NFLPA, found out that he made, that person made several mistakes in the testing of Tua at halftime uh, and allowing him to come back into that game. So not good news. And, And so with him passing that last Sunday, set up for him to play Thursday against the Bengals. And everybody saw that reply play probably a little more than we wanted to see, but Tua hit his head again, and that term that we've now come so familiar with, familiar with this week, the fencing of his fingers. You just saw him tense up. He he was rushed to the hospital, um, was able to get movement in all of his extremities, and he was coherent. He was up and being able to talk to everybody and was able to fly back with the team. Listen, I understand the frustration that maybe he should be sat out next week, no matter what, even if he does pass concussion protocol. But people have to also realize he's a competitor to a, he's dealt with a lot of injuries and played through a lot of injuries. And if he has the choice, if it's his decision to be out there and he passes all the tests, he's going to play. So I don't understand why people are getting so upset with what Mike McDaniel said, saying if he is able to go, he, he, you know, he's going to play. So it's up to Tua. It's Tua's choice. At this point, I get it. You want to save the player from themselves, but they make millions of dollars. And if a football player wants to go out there and, and play under certain injuries, it's on them. They have the right to make that choice. I get people want to step in, but they – put their bodies on the line week in and week out. They know the risks of football and, and getting hit out there. They, they they know everything involved. So I think there shouldn't be an issue if Tua decides, hey, I'm good to go. I want to play. And, and he passes, again, passes concussion protocol and gets through all the tests and, and passes with flying colors. Again, it, it's a longer week because they played on Thursday night and, and they don't play until next Sunday. So I listen, I don't have a problem with him playing – if, like I said, if everything goes well and it, he's clear, 
and I don't think anybody else should really have a problem with that if the players decided to go out there. Let's get more into the, the game portion of this. The Dolphins hung in there for, for the most part. The Bengals kind of you know, looked a little slow to get things going. I will say Tua or Joe, I'm sorry, Joe Burrow, the way he was playing, I loved it. He, he was taking checkdowns. He was given or taking what the defense gave him. He wasn't trying to force things in there. And the offense moved the ball somewhat well. Joe Mixon couldn't really get going fully. Uh, they ran the ball, you know, I think his longest rush was seven yards. Um, he was getting little yards here and there. And I, that game was close in the first half. It was 15 to, no, I'm sorry, 14 to 12 um, at that point at halftime. So uh, it, it was a close game. And after Tua went out, Bridgewater came in, looked fantastic um, for the most part, other than that late game interception. But I liked what I saw from Bridgewater. This is what you get from Bridgewater when he comes in. He's always ready to play. He, he He's one of the better backups in the NFL. He honestly looked better in three games last year with Denver than Russell Wilson has looked in three games with Denver this year. So I, I, I give Teddy Bridgewater a lot of credit. And if he's able to go next week, I, I still think that's a little bit better for the Dolphins. Let Tua rest up. You have a capable guy in Bridgewater to steady the ship. And honestly, this Thursday night game kind of went as I saw uh, it would go. Or, you know, and it with the short week playing in that heat wave in Miami against a division opponent, Buffalo, that game was very exhausting. We saw 90 plays that the defense for Miami was out there. So I kind of expected this game to go in the Bengals' favor. Bengals right the ship. They're at 2-2, two and two, only a game back or half a game back now in that division. They're probably going to be Baltimore's only competition in that division unless Pittsburgh makes a move at quarterback, which they need to do soon. Uh, but yeah, I, that, that, that offense of line has looked better the last two games. And I get it. I, you know, only giving up, was it three sacks in the last two weeks? I think they gave up one Thursday night or yeah. So I just, I want to put a little cat or a little context though. The, the pass rushes for the Dolphins and for the Jets aren't up to what the Pittsburgh, well, with T.J. Watt, and then obviously Michael Parsons and that Dallas Cowboys front. Completely different story with the Jets and the Dolphins. So I think they kind of could catch their groove playing a little softer fronts um, these last two weeks. And then you're going to go uh, into next week, which you know we'll break them down um, later in the week for next week. But the Bengals, they have to get this ship right because their schedule is is going to get tough at the end of the year. But right now, listen, you're going at Baltimore, Sunday night football next week. You get a nice long break. That pass rush is pretty solid. But then you get a little softer, right? You get the Saints, you get the Falcons, the Browns. Uh, I have Miles Garrett. But those three games coming up, I, let's see what the offense looks like, at least against Baltimore, their division rival, and it's in Baltimore. So I, I would like to see what happens in that one, and we'll, we'll talk about the Baltimore Ravens here, Ravens here coming up against the Buffalo Bills. But I, I like, again, I, I liked what I saw from both sides of the ball. Mike McDaniel, I, I'm telling you, he 
is definitely a front runner for coach of the year. Him and Sirianni, I'm sure, just because the teams are doing so well and and these guys are you know first and second year head coaches. Um, but you know Burrow, he, he he looks like he's starting to get a little on track. He's not holding the ball as, as much, and and that's really what I like to see in little quick decisions from him. Um, th- this past Thursday night, Tyreek, he went off. There was no stopping him. Another game over uh, 150 yards. <laughs> so he, he looked fine. Waddle couldn't really get going as much. But we'll, again, we'll see, monitor and see where, where Tua ends up going into next week. Um, but yeah, Bengals, they really needed to win that game. They couldn't afford to go down uh, one and three. They're two and two. Dolphins will be just fine. I think this was a game that you kind of could chalk up that they were going to lose based on the reasons I gave earlier. Uh, switching gears, moving into the Sunday games, we're gonna. I'm gonna start with the early morning game in London. Love, I love, love, love these London games. I might be in the minority of that, but when we can get football at 8:30 in the morning to start off the day, what? There can't be any. There's just not much better than that. Not much better than that. So I'm looking forward to this one. Saints, though, are going to be without Jameis. That he needs to rest with that back. I mean, when you got fractured vertebrae in your in your back, I don't think you should really be out there taking hits. Michael Thomas is also ruled out, and Marcus May, their safety, has been ruled out. So are we gonna get the Vikings taking advantage of all? these injuries well we're gonna see because again this is a standalone game for Kirk Cousins whether it's prime time or if they're the only game on I don't know what it is the guy just doesn't have it in these moments you go out there and and whoop Green Bay in week one and you kind of stumble out out the gate against Philadelphia they crush you and then last week they come back and win. They look good at a noon at a noon o'clock game. So, um, yeah, it, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see how Kirk Cousins plays. Dalvin Cook, I know, is still questionable, but if Madison's able to fill in for Dalvin Cook, I think that is just fine. They kind of run the ball better with Madison anyway. Uh, he he's just more of a pure running back. Dalvin Cook's great for the pass game. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see if Mar- Marshawn Lattimore is another tough matchup for Justin Jefferson. Jefferson week one looked like nobody was going to stop him at all this year. In the last two weeks with Darius Slay and Okuda, the, the uh, young cornerback in, in Detroit, being able to hold their own against him and really kind of making him look human. So it, it, he's got another tough matchup with Marshawn Lattimore on the other side. Uh, and on the flip side of that, the Minnesota secondary hasn't looked good at all this year. Um, they're giving up a, a lot of yards through the air. They catch a break because, as I mentioned, Michael Thomas is out. Andy Dalton is going to be the starter. We'll, we'll see how he plays. And Jarvis Landry is questionable. If Jarvis is out there and he can play, I think the Saints have a really good shot uh, of upsetting Minnesota, even with Andy Dalton. And again, the Saints, they got out to London earlier in the week. And I believe Minnesota flew out Friday. So that's tough. It's going to be hard to adjust to that time zone in London from the U.S., it's a what seven hour seven hour difference. 
So that's going to be interesting to see if the Vikings players are acclimated yet and have their bodies ready because of getting in there so late. And really, you only have one day to adjust to that. I just, I don't see, I, I would, I'd have to go back and look at all the other London games and see when teams got out there uh, compared to the other, you know, the other team and see if getting out there earlier is the advantage over than getting out there a couple days before and how that kind of makes a difference in the game. But yeah, as, as I mentioned, the defense for the Minnesota Vikings allowing over 400 yards per game. And that's just not good. That, that defense, like I said, has struggled. And that secondary has not looked good. Patrick Peterson, you've heard me say it many times, is really, this might be his last year. Uh, playing competitive uh, in, in, in being a starter because he's looked really bad uh, and, and even some throws that haven't gone his way, but he's been really, he can't cover. His guys have been burning him on some routes and um, the quarterbacks just have missed, missed seeing that receiver wide open or went another way or what have you. It's just, he hasn't looked good. But um, yeah, the Saints, and this, this one's going to be a good... Uh, a good one just because it's early morning London, but uh, watch out for those Saints. Uh, I think they're going to have a good shot at getting the upset. I'm going to pick the three games that I'm looking forward to. Usually I do this with J-Matt, Justin Matthews. Uh, he's not joining us this week, but I'll break down three of my favorite games, and then I'll do my game picks for all the games this weekend, and then obviously, again, end of the show, debt-free pick three. Matchup number one. I think this might be the best matchup of the entire weekend. You got the Buffalo Bills at the Baltimore Ravens. That Buffalo secondary is still in question. Not sure if Poyer's gonna play. Uh, they got their one of their other cornerbacks, he, he, he's questionable. In Baltimore, they might get Ronnie Stanley back, finally. If they can get their starting left tackle back in there, I think that's another advantage to kind of help Lamar against this really good looking pass rush of the Buffalo Bills. They've looked good all year and if they can if the Baltimore Ravens can get Stanley back that's just another point in their favor uh, going against Buffalo. It's in Baltimore. We'll see how Buffalo responds from that tough again exhausting game in the heat in Miami last Sunday. They they just barely lost. You know, it, it, it was tough. It, it was tough on them. I'm sure they're going to be ready, but Baltimore, listen, Baltimore's going to be hungry. I know this defense has struggled as well, but this team, I think, steps up against the good to competition in this league. You, you, you just, you think that, you know, everybody's been crowning the Buffalo Bills and penciling them in for the Super Bowl. I said even in the offseason when we were doing our shows, that I think Baltimore is going to get to the playoffs, and whether it's the conference championship or the divisional round, I think they're going to take out Buffalo in the playoffs. I still believe that. I like Baltimore's squad way more than I do Buffalo's, and I know Buffalo's been out to a hot start, but I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the Baltimore side on this. Um, just Buffalo was inconsistent last year, and I just had the same feeling. They're going to be inconsistent again this year. I know they upgraded in some positions. Their offense looks... Damn near unstoppable, but
But if the Dolphins were able to do it, again, under certain conditions, I think Baltimore can easily do it, even without Wink Martindale there, which I know is a big contributor of why Baltimore's defense hasn't looked as good as it should because I think they got a scary defense. Just, again, a lot of injuries in that secondary. But I think the Baltimore Ravens should keep this one close. Buffalo Bills, it seems like for three years now, haven't had a running game. They still don't have a running game. And if you can't run out that clock and – what was it, the 90 plays last week, 63 throwing plays. Allen ran, I think, eight times. So 71 out of your 91 plays, Allen's got the ball in his hands. That's just not winning football. It isn't. You got to take some of that load off of Josh Allen's shoulders. He can't be Superman, and you got to find other ways to win games. It just can't be all on the quarterback's shoulders. And I expect a shootout in this one. With the injuries in the secondary, both of these teams are – Two of the top scoring teams both average over 30 points per game. And I'm really looking to see if this one's close. Can the Bills get over that one-score hump in, in these games? They lose a lot of these close games. And it's just, it's weird. You're that good of a team. And it's again, goes back to that running game. If you can't run out the clock, look at what happened to Baltimore against the Dolphins. Fourth quarter, up 21 points. They couldn't find, you know, the, the running game that, and, and Miami came back. So I think Baltimore getting Dobbins back is, is a huge help. And if Baltimore gets the lead in the fourth quarter, I think it's going to be really hard for Josh Allen and the Bills to uh, come back on that. My second marquee matchup is the 2-1 Jacksonville Jaguars at the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles now the lonely undefeated team in this league after Miami went down Thursday night against the Buffalo Bills. Possibly the biggest test defensively for the Eagles. As mentioned, that Minnesota defense has been really bad this year. That Detroit defense, kind of the same, right? Except, you know, they, they get, up, get up a lot of yards and a lot of points. And then uh, we saw last week, Washington. Washington's just not the same Washington team. And the Philadelphia Eagles defense also put their offense in good field position the way they were playing against that Carson Wentz-led offense. So I think Jacksonville is easily the best team Philadelphia has played so far this year. Their defense is the best defense that Jacksonville's play, or Philadelphia has played all year. And I honestly think this offense, uh, outside of Minnesota, is going to be the best offense they're going to see all year. James Robinson, I expect to kind of get going in this matchup to kind of wear down that front of the Philadelphia Eagles. I think if they can get the run game going and tire these guys out, it's going to help Trevor Lawrence in that pass game and uh, keep the Philadelphia Eagles offense off the field. I think that's what you have to do because we know Jalen Hurts is a triple threat um, or double threat, whatever you want to want to call it, you know, throwing the ball, running the ball uh, with these RPOs as well. That, that, that run game is very dangerous, but the Jags have only given up 55 yards per game. That, that's a recipe to beat the Eagles. If that front can get to Hurts and, and kind of contain him and, and don't let him get outside the pocket, I think that this game can really, uh, this could be another upset. But it is in Philly. That's the only thing that worries me. Philly plays really well at home in Jacksonville. I mean, I just love what I see from Jacksonville. I'm so happy that Trevor Lawrence is looking like a number one draft pick. Doug Peterson, as you know, I have my reservations about him. I didn't like the hire. But he's made Trevor Lawrence look so drastic, so much better, so like drastically better uh, compared to what Urban Meyer 
was doing last year with this team. Nobody expected the Jags to be 2-1 right now going against an undefeated Philadelphia Eagles team. Nobody. But I expect this one, again, to be a, a good game. And hopefully this gives us what we want in, in a good game on, on Sunday. The last game that I'm looking forward to watch, outside of the primetime games, because we're going to obviously talk about those too, but... It's the least sexy out of the three matchups, but the Denver Broncos at Las Vegas. I know Las Vegas is the only uh, only winless team right now in the NFL, and Denver has looked awful. They just look so boring, and that offense has looked terrible. Uh, even with Russell Wilson, is he past his prime? That's yet to be. I mean, it, it's, it's seen, but is that really how this offense is going to look by the end of the year? We don't know yet. But Vegas, this is a must-win. This is a must-win game at 0-3. You can't go 0-4. The the percentage of you getting to the playoffs at 0-4 just drops dramatically. Um, you know, compared to 0-3 and even 0-2. So uh, McDaniel's, I, I think he's already on the hot seat. He didn't have that, a, a good tenure in, in um, Denver. And it's not looking good for Vegas. You, you hear Devontae Adams frustrated about the way things are going. You, you got him, you know, talking about, oh, yeah, of course, Green Bay fans and, you know, blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. Uh, about, you know, him sh- should have stayed, uh, that he should have stayed in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. But to be honest, I mean, that Green Bay offense doesn't look, I, I think Green Bay needs more, uh, needs Devontae more than Devontae needed Aaron Rodgers in that Green Bay Packers team. So um, I'm looking for this matchup just to kind of see how Vegas responds and if Denver can get on the right foot because the Denver defense is nice. That's the best thing going right now for that Denver squad. But I need to see the Raiders' offense look good against this Denver D. It's in Vegas. It's a division opponent. They should look good, and they should come away with the win against Denver. I do like Vegas in this. Um, but it's just, you, what are we going to get from both quarterbacks? That, that's going to be the question mark going in into that game. All right. Primetime matchups. Sunday night football, Kansas City Chiefs t- travel to Tampa Bay. we got Hurricane Ian almost putting a pause on this game and, and moving it elsewhere. I believe it was going to be in Minneapolis if they couldn't get things going uh, with, with uh, the game there in, in Tampa, but it's going to be played in Florida, even with that hurricane. Mahomes versus Brady. Super Bowl matchup from two years ago. Can Mahomes get his revenge on Brady? Because it Brady's got his number. Br- Brady has beaten him in the playoffs twice. Oh, well, Super Bowl once, and uh, we know that famous game when, you know, the offsides on the Chiefs, and, and Brady leads... Uh, a fourth quarter comeback to beat them, and then he goes to another Super Bowl. So um, we'll see how the Chiefs respond. Their offense looks kind of scary, not scary in a good way. They, they, they look scary in the sense that you don't know what their identity is right now. They've been struggling to run the ball. I believe, what was it? Hilaire had seven carries for zero yards. I do like Pacheco. I think they need to start playing him more. I think that's going to be your better back uh, eventually. But the this Kansas City defense, I think, is solid. But it's that offense where they're going up against 
a top three defense in the league right now. Possibly the best defense in the league. And you know they're not going to be able to run the ball again. It's going to be all on the home shoulders. They couldn't do anything against the Colts. The Colts, again, there were opportunities for the Chiefs to win that game last week. You never see Travis Kelsey drop a touchdown like that, um, you know, in the back of the end zone. Just Chiefs kind of blew it. And I, I told you, they're a trap game for them. And it, it, you could see them losing to Indy. Uh, and Juju Smith-Schuster comes over. He's His best catch all year went for like 50 yards last week, but that's basically all he's done since joining the Chiefs. And we're going to see Brady get Evans back. We're going to see about Godwin. I, I think he's questionable. Uh, Julio Jones, he's questionable, I think, for the last six years in the NFL. Um, but if Brady... Can get Evan or get Godwin back as well. I think the, the Bucks are going to be able to move the ball. Their their offense is still figuring things out, right? Brady didn't have any preseason. Uh, I mean, he had the last game. I think he played a series, but he took a big chunk off to deal with his personal issues at home. And the Bucks pass rush, that's going to determine this game. We saw it in the Super Bowl, right? And, and uh, I think Shaq Barrett came out and, and said he, he didn't see anything really different about this team. He thinks that it's going to be one in the trenches, and he thinks they're, they're still going to dominate that offensive line that looks really good for the Chiefs. And if that's the case, it's going to be a, a long day for the Chiefs, and, and Tampa might end up still moving uh, you know, to 3-1. and one. But then the Brady and Mahomes, what, what, better, what more could you ask for out of the GOAT and possibly the future goat. Finally, Monday night football, the Los Angeles Rams go to San Francisco. Shanahan McVay. This regular season streak of beating McVay hopefully continues for Shanahan. We'll see about that. Um, the Niners beat up O-line, though. That, that That's where, where the Niners are going to have their hands full. Trent Williams out for probably a month or so. And we got... Uh, you know, some injuries just on that offensive line that, that that's going to make things difficult when you have Aaron Donald, the best defensive player in football, on the other line for the Rams. It, it's just going to be a tough matchup. We, we saw Denver get to Jimmy last week, and the Rams, just with Aaron Donald, is a better defensive line than the Denver Broncos. But, again, on the flip side, that Rams offense line isn't any better right now compared to the Niners, and that Niners front is really damn good. So I, I expect this to be a sloppy game. Uh, it seems like all these Niners games are, have been sloppy so far this year, but the, with the woes uh, on both offensive lines, I think that both teams are, are going to struggle to move the ball, and that, that's kind of what we expect when – you have poor offensive line play and really, really damn near perfect defensive line play. Cooper Cup is still going to go off. He's going he's gonna to have his eight catches, nine catches for over 100 yards. But that's, that's all you have to give up. Just give up Cup and, and, and let these other, make these other guys beat you because I still believe that the, you know Hufunga, who's my favorite player on the Niners right now, I mean, what this kid has done all year He's flying around. He's in on almost every freaking play. It, it, it's so fun to watch a safety like him, and it, it's almost like he's he's out there trying to, you know, make John Lynch look good because and make him proud. 
and this is how his safety should be playing right now in the, in, in the NFL. But I think the Niners are going to be really hungry uh, for this revenge game. Jimmy is the quarterback. He he knows he did not play well at all in that game, in, especially in the second half. And I think the Niners are going to want some revenge. This was the game. They lost by three. Could have went to the Super Bowl. You know, Jaquiski Tart dropping that interception. I know there was nine and a half minutes left to go in the game. The game could have still went in the Rams' favor because the Niners couldn't move the ball. But, again, things could have looked differently if he intercepts that ball. And I, I, I fully believe that the Niners are going to come out swinging on this. And, again, Shanahan just has McVay's number when it comes to the regular season. He just he doesn't lose to him. Uh, at least the last six times. So um, that, that's another good thing to look at. And I, I just I think, again, both teams are going to struggle to move the ball, especially the Rams, no running game, and the Niners are really good up front. Um, so that's going to be a fun matchup, always fun. It's like a new rivalry in that division. It used to be Niners in Seattle, and it looks like the Rams and Niners rivalry has taken over. All right. Every single matchup, going to give you my pick. We'll start with that Minnesota at New Orleans, even though it's in London. Mutual site game. I am going to take the New Orleans Saints in it. I think Andy Dalton is going to be just fine. Right now, he's probably better than Jameis Winston. Winston has not looked good this year. The turnovers and not taking care of the ball and plus playing injured and hurt with that back. I just think Dalton is better right now. Then Winston, again, I think Alvin Kamara is going to have a a good day. And and this defense for the Saints is going to be able to keep Justin Jefferson in check again. Adam Thielen is not the same receiver as he used to be. It took me a couple weeks to figure that out. He just doesn't look the same, but I'm going to take the Saints in this one. Cleveland Browns at Atlanta. I think Miles Garrett is questionable after that car crash that he was in, speeding. Uh, he's actually ruled out now. No Jadavion Clowney. He, he's questionable. Uh, and it just looks like Cleveland Browns are, are going to be without some key pieces uh, on that defense. So I, I'm going to take Atlanta at home here. Atlanta, they move the ball. Their offense is very creative with Arthur Smith. I, I'm, I'm really impressed with what he's done so far with this offense. I know they're 1-2, but... They looked good against the Rams. They moved the ball on that defense. We know how good that defense can be. And they beat Seattle, which they should have. Seattle is one of the worst teams in football this year. And, again, they had a 16-point lead going into the fourth quarter against the Saints. They blew that. So I I like Atlanta at home with this one to take out the Browns. The Washington Commanders at Dallas. Dallas defense is really damn good up front. I do think that the Commanders, with their weapons on offense, I, I don't know why I really like their offense. I don't like Carson Wentz as much, but their offense, they have so many weapons in the receiving game. I'm going to take the Commanders to upset the Cowboys on the road in this one. I, I, I think they have a really good shot at, at, at doing it and kind of knocking the Cowboys back down to earth after winning on national TV against the, the worst 2-1 team in the league, the New York Giants. Seahawks at Detroit. Detroit, we found out that Amon St. Brown is going to be out for that game. uh, DJ Chark is questionable. 
But DeAndre Swift's also going to be out, so that's not good. That is not good for the Detroit Lions, but luckily for them, they're playing Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks, who are just really bad. I, I think they're going to look good as far as DK Metcalf uh, is concerned, but um, I, I think Detroit's going to be able to take this one at home. They should have beat the Vikings last week. They blew that lead that they had going into the fourth quarter. Uh, I think Detroit bounces back and, and goes to 2-2 two and two, uh, against Seattle. Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. Look at Colts beat the Chiefs. I get it. They looked good last week, uh, but they should have kind of lost that game too. The Chiefs looked like the better team all game, um, but I'm going to take Tennessee in this one on the road. I think Tennessee, you run with Henry against that really good run defense against uh, the, of the Colts. Um, I think if they can get Henry going, this game can, it can go in Tennessee's favor. I'm going to stick with Tennessee in this one. The Bears at the Giants, the worst two-and-one matchup I think we're going to get in a while. Both rush defenses are terrible. Quarterback play has been awful. I don't like Daniel Jones. I usually like getting a, betting against him, um, but I, I'm going to take the New York Giants in this one at home against the Bears. I think Saquon's just going to have a really good day against this Bears defense and kind of put it away, and, and they're going to be able to control the clock, to keep the ball out of Daniel Jones' hands as much as possible. No Shepard as he tore his ACL on that terrible turf that is MetLife Stadium. I've been hounding this point for I don't know how long, uh, you know, especially the two years ago when the Niners lost three guys in one game on that damn field. Now, you know, Von Miller came out and said this on the Pat McAfee show. Our studies, too, that say grass is, is safer for guys to play on. And honestly, we are the ones that's playing on it. And our feedback is this is a better surface. It feels better, especially after games. Like your body's not aching, ankles are not aching. I think it's I think it's time for, you know, every field to be Every grass. stadium should have natural grass. I agree with that point 100%. And that's what that needs to happen because MetLife is by far the worst field to play on for these players. Knees get torn up, Achilles get torn up. It, it, Guys just get hurt all around, so uh, just don't want. I want to see Barkley go to a different team just because of that, because it's. I don't want to see his knees go out again. Um, but I, again, taking the Giants against the Bears, Jacksonville Jaguars at the Philadelphia Eagles. Touched on this a little earlier. I think the Jacksonville defense is going to be the best defense Philadelphia has played so far, and maybe all year. Um, I, I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles' run game is going to be able to get going like it usually has, and and that's helped. Hurts in the passing game. I'm going to take Detroit on the road, underdogs, to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. New York Jets at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm making a roll. As long as Trubisky's the starter, I'm going against Pittsburgh, even at home. I'm going to take Zach Wilson getting his first game back with those weapons. Elijah Moore, I think, is going to start getting involved a little more with Wilson. We're going to see Garrett Wilson, that Wilson to Wilson connection, and that Jets run game can start getting going. Um, it, it's that defense I worry about. But again, when you have going up against Trubisky, it makes things a little easier. I'm going to take New York on the road at Pittsburgh. Buffalo Bills at Baltimore. I'm taking Baltimore. I think they're going to be able to run the ball really well. And, and it, it, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. But I, I just believe in Lamar Jackson right now. He's playing for that contract. This is a huge game. If he goes out there and impresses, that's just another argument that he has in his favor 
for that contract that he's asking for. I think if he goes out there and beats Buffalo, who is everybody's favorite this year, it's going to make it it, it negotiations um, for him even better come the end of the year for that big contract that he deserves. I'm taking Baltimore at home in this one. The Chargers at the Houston Texans. Houston Texans and Davis Mills plays really well at home. This is going to be a close game. Don't don't think that the Chargers are just going to roll, um, go over there and, and stomp the Houston Texans. They're very banged up still. The Chargers are Herbert dealing with that rib. Uh, Keenan Allen is out again. Rashawn Slater they lost last in, on injured reserve. Joey Bosa injured reserve. Corey Lindsley's questionable. They're dealing with a lot of injuries in key places on that roster. And key guys, like some of their best players, are all hurt right now. Um, I would I would say what six of their top ten guys are are either out questionable or or playing and, and not at hundred percent. I'm still going to take the Chargers, but a very close game. Arizona Cardinals at Carolina Panthers. McCaffrey again dealing with another leg injury. They, they got that big win uh, against the Saints, but I, I think Arizona right now is a better team. I'm going to take Arizona go, what uh, beating Carolina in, in, in East Coast to West Coast, but they're playing at uh, a 3 o'clock game, so I think Arizona is going to come out there and, and, and win this game. The Patriots, without Mac Jones at the Green Bay Packers, I'm taking the Packers. I, I just think either Brian Hoyer or ugh, was it Zappy? Uh, those guys just aren't going to get it done against this Green Bay defense. I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball well unless they run it 30 times. Uh, Stevenson gets gets the ball a lot, and they can wear down this this defense of the, the Green Bay Packers. I think that's the only way New England wins is they run the ball a lot because this Green Bay defense does give up a lot of uh, running yard, uh, rushing yards per game. So I, I, I like that, it, it, that chance for New England, but I think Green Bay is going to win it. They're at home. Um, and it's Aaron Rodgers against, again, those backups there in New England. Denver Broncos at Las Vegas. Uh, as mentioned, you know, I, I just, I don't really believe in this Denver's offense, but they do have that defense. I'm going to take Vegas at home. I think this is a desperation win. They need to win this one. Or you can basically tell Josh McDaniels to pack up and leave town, and uh, they're not going to make the playoffs. Kansas City Chiefs at Tampa. I am going to take Tampa. I like their defense a lot better. They're at home. Um, I, I just I don't see Kansas City being able to dissect this defense as as well as they have uh, in in the first two games that they played. I think the, the, this defense is going to really hold their own and, and get to Mahomes and put some pressure on them. I'm taking Tampa at home, and the Rams at the Niners. As mentioned, I think the Niners are going to be hungry for this revenge game from the playoffs. Then the NFC Championship game could have been Jimmy's second trip to the Super Bowl as starter with this team. But he gets his revenge. It's not Trey Lance. It's Jimmy Garoppolo starting against uh, the team that he beats a lot. Uh, every time he's in the lineup, uh, Shanahan, just him and Jimmy know how to beat this team. So I think they're going get, to get, get the payback uh, against the Rams at home Monday night. That'll do it for the picks of the week. Now, to the picks that matter. The debt-free Pick three. We don't do anything illegal. Debt free pick three. Look what I found in my pocket. Look, a year's salary right here. What I call them? A fun coupon. This is the debt free pick three. On the final play with Mikey Clutch. A lot of games I like this week. 
but I am going to go with all underdogs. Let's start with the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Philadelphia Eagles. As I broke it down earlier, I just like this Jags defense a lot. That front is very scary with Josh Allen uh, and and uh, the rookie that they drafted. They're a very good combination there. And I think they're going to be able to put a lot of pressure on Hurts. They're going to be able to stuff that run game. And I'm going to take Jacksonville to cover plus six and a half. I just think that that spreads way too high uh, on this one when you we got these two teams and nobody's really respecting the Jags yet. Uh, I think this is going to be the game that, that starts putting respect on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Game two, the Washington Commanders on the road at Dallas plus three. I'm taking Washington. Uh, Cooper Rush, yes. He's looked good in his first three starts. He's 3-0. They're, they're in Dallas, but it's a division opponent. And that offense can be scary. <laughs> no pun intended with Scary Terry there, but you got the rookie Dotson. Dotson, I really like what he's done. In, and then Curtis Samuel, I think I mentioned this last week, uh, this offense can put up some points. And I just don't think the, the Cowboys are going to be able to match the points if Washington starts scoring a lot. But again, last week, uh, Dallas could have scored some more points. You, you had that big drop uh, by CeeDee Lamb. He made up for it later in the game, but that, that game could have been a little more out of hand than it was. Um, but I'm going to take the Commanders in this one, uh, plus three. And then the Texans, I mentioned it. Davis Mills plays really well at home. I think he's 14 touchdowns and one interception at home. Uh, and, and with the beat-up Chargers coming to town, they, don't, they haven't really played all that well this year. They're beat up on the defensive side. They're beat up on the offensive side. I think it's going to be a really close game, um, and I think five and a half points right now is just tasty to to, to to pass up on, too tasty to pass up on. So I'm going to go Jags plus six and a half, the Commanders plus three, and the Texans plus five and a half. And hopefully we follow up that winning week last week. I had Houston plus three last week against the Bears. That was a push. Atlanta plus one. They went outright, and the Baltimore Ravens, they they – Put the beating down on the Patriots. So I was 2-0-1 last week. So that's a, that's a very good week uh, for my standards after starting off 0-3 uh, in week two. And then Justin, he, he had a little down week after the 2-1 start. He, he's 1-2, so he's 3-3 uh, three and three on the year. I'm 2-3-1 and one on the year. Uh, let's, let's catch this winning week for week four in, hopefully. Um, but yeah, again, Jags plus 6.5, Commanders plus 3, Texans plus 5.5. And, and that's going to do it for week four. Debt free pick three. And guess what? That's going to do it for the final play with Mikey Clutch for week four as well. We'll be back to recap the Sunday games and the Monday night game and be back to preview Thursday night football for week five, uh, which I'm, I'm, I'm really liking where this is going. We're starting to get some good matchups on primetime. Indianapolis Colts at Denver Broncos. I know the teams have looked sloppy, but I think by week five, uh, these teams are going to look better. And, and I think that's going to still be a fun matchup uh, for us to watch. Uh, and hopefully these these games start hitting the overs because a lot of these primetime matchups have been on the, uh, the, the total points on the under. They've just really been uh, kind of slow burning, kind of boring if you don't like defensive matchups. So that's going to come in next week. But for Mike, I'm Mikey Clutch, and for the final play, that's going to do it. Have a good weekend. You have just tuned into the final play with Mikey Clutch on ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. It's not just sports, it's a way of life.